The Rams are Super Bowl champions. We'll talk about their victory in Super Bowl 56 over the Cincinnati Bengals on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, February 14th, 2022. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen or perhaps first watch every day. The show is available and free on all platforms, including YouTube. If you like what you see or hear, click the subscribe button. And if you're on YouTube, give this episode a thumbs up. It will help other Jets fans find the channel. Our episode today is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, this is a daily podcast. We cover the New York Jets, but it is the day after the Super Bowl. So I think we have to talk about what happened last night in Los Angeles. The Rams beat the Bengals 23-20 to in Super Bowl 56. A pretty well-played game, a pretty exciting game. Went down to the wire. The officiating, well, that wasn't too great. There were some very questionable calls along the way. I don't think that the game was decided by officiating, though. If you don't really have a rooting interest, I think all you can ask for is an exciting game that goes right down to the end, and we got that. And in all honesty, we've been pretty lucky in recent years. You go back 20, 30 years, the Super Bowl was frequently a blowout. It was over by halftime. It was not really worth watching into the second half. Recent years, we've had a lot of exciting games. There are a few exceptions, like last year when the bank, when the Bucks blew out the Chiefs, and you go back eight years when the Seahawks dominated the Broncos. Those were examples of blowouts, but they have been the exception rather than the rule. Most of the time, the game's at least been competitive, and more often than not, it's come right down to the wire. And last night's game went down right to the final play. And here's what's interesting: you go through both recent and more distant Super Bowl history, and you'll find that often what happens is there is some guy who just comes out of nowhere to win the game. Maybe it's a guy who's kind of a low on the depth chart, like a Malcolm Butler with an interception or David Tyree with the catch against his helmet. Maybe it's a backup who needs to step into a starting role who plays the game of his life, life like a Nick Foles. And maybe it's a journeyman kind of guy like a Doug Williams who go way back. Last night, this game was won by the Rams, and it was won because the Rams' stars played like stars. And these guys are some of the best players in the NFL. You got Aaron Donald stepping up, making a couple big plays on the Bengals' final drive, a third and one stop. And then on fourth down, he disrupts the play and ends the game. You got Cooper Cup on the final drive for the Rams, who I really did not understand why they weren't targeting him more in the game. I, once Odell Beckham Jr. left the game with an injury, it impacted the Rams' offense. You could tell that. Beckham was off to a big game, had the touchdown early. In fact, when you were watching that game early, Matthew Stafford was efficient, but the Rams were hitting big plays, and a lot of them were coming on third down when the Bengals were leaving their corners one-on-one, -on -one, and especially Beckham was having a lot of success against them. In fact, one interesting note is everybody was focused on the interception Matthew Stafford threw when the Bengals only rushed three. But nobody really pointed out that on Beckham's touchdown, the Bengals rushed three. The thing was, they kind of left 
man coverage across the board and one deep safety because the extra guys they dropped into coverage were trying to kind of take away the crossing routes underneath. So it left them with mismatches deep, and the Rams took advantage of them. But once Beckham left that game, the Rams' offense really stalled, and there was an interception in the second half that went off the hands of the guy who replaced him. I was a little surprised by that just from the standpoint that Beckham wasn't even on the team at the beginning of the year, so it was kind of surprising to me to see how much his departure impacted the team. But I really did not understand why the Rams weren't focusing on Cup more before the final drive. He's best receiver in the NFL. I mean, forget about best receiver on that team. He's the best receiver on the NFL in the NFL. And on that final drive, he was involved in seven plays. There was one handoff, there were four targets, and then two additional targets, which don't really count because he drew a penalty. One of them I thought was a little bit of a shaky call, but you know, maybe it was a makeup call for something that had happened a little bit earlier. But prior to that point, he had six targets in the entire game. So six targets in the entire game and then involved in seven plays on the final drive. And I thought Chris Collinsworth was right. He talked about how they needed to get him free. You know, you put him in motion because if you just leave him stationary, it's going to be easy enough to figure out how to double him, where if you get him on the move, it's going to force the Bengals defense to adjust. It makes it much more difficult to take him out of the play. And I thought it took the Rams a little bit long. I'm not going to say it took them too long because they did win the game and they finally figured out how to do it. But given what was going on in that game, I was a little surprised that the Rams took so long to really start to feature Cooper Cup. But they finally did it, and it helped win them the game. And then Matthew Stafford, a guy who had been so criticized through his career, I always thought kind of unfairly in Detroit, who you know threw a couple interceptions in the game. There was the one play where they rushed three, and he kind of tried to force a ball where he should not have tried to force it, but was efficient in the early stages, helped the Rams jump out to a lead. And when they needed him in the late stages of the game, he delivered. And, you know, on the other side, you had big-time performances. You had T. Higgins making some plays, although there was the play early in the second half where he probably should have been called for a penalty because he grabbed onto Jalen Ramsey's face mask. Jamar Chase had a couple of big plays. He had one big play that kind of got the Bengals going in the first half. So that's what you like to see. You like to see the stars step up, and I think that's what we saw in this game. But ultimately, this was not the case where somebody came off the bench and made the play to win the game. This was not the case where some unheralded guy played the game. Of his life. This wasn't the case where Odell Beckham's replacement comes in and goes for a hundred yards. It was the star stepping up at the big moment for the Rams. And that's the reason they won the Super Bowl. It was Cooper cup. It was Aaron Donald and it was Matthew Stafford. And of course, everybody's going to focus on the play that or the drive that won the game for the Rams and the subsequent stop on defense. But I thought there were a couple other key turning points in this game. There were a couple that kind of helped the Bengals in the early stages get their footing. And then there was one, I thought, really key sequence that kept the Rams in the game when it felt like things were kind of getting away from them early in the second half. And we'll talk about that ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast on this post-Super Bowl show on this Monday. Well, the Rams won. That means there'll be a victory parade in Los Angeles this week, and hopefully they get plenty of Built Bars as a reward for their championship. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It tastes like a candy bar. There's so many delicious flavors. Let me give you one. Puffs. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate, just like all Built Bars are. There are so many delicious flavors. You got mint brownie, you've got coconut, you got coconut almond, and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. 
It'll be delicious and it'll be good for you because most built bars contain 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go check out what the options are at built.com. Again, that's built, B U I L T.com. Get your built bars today. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on the day after Super Bowl Sunday. I guess we could call it Super Bowl Monday. The Rams defeated the Bengals 23-20 to in Super Bowl 56. A pretty well-played game. And I think this is an outcome that's going to be easier for Bengals fans to deal with than the Bengals winning would have been for Rams fans to deal with. Because if you're a Bengals fan, it's a very disappointing day. But your team exceeded all expectations. I mean, they're, a year, they're there a year or two early on the big stage. So I feel like you can live with it as a Bengals fan. You're disappointed. And listen, there's never a guarantee you'll get back. You have to be disappointed because, listen, we lived through it a decade ago with the Jets where you had a young quarterback, you had a, 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 young, a head coach early in his tenure. They got to the AFC Championship game their first two years. We thought they'd be going back all the time, and they ended up not even, never going back. Jets still haven't been to the playoffs since that point. But if you're a Bengals fan, I feel like it's a little bit easier to deal with this than it would have been for the Rams and their fans that they had lost because the Rams, I mean, they went all in, they've traded all these draft picks. They went to get Matthew Stafford. They've made the deal for Jalen Ramsey a few years ago. I mean, the Rams were all in and they're going to probably lose a bunch of guys in free agency this year. So I think this is the outcome that the losing fan base can deal with much more so than it would have been had the reverse happened. Now, I think there were a few key points in this game. Now, early in the early stages of the game, it looked like the Rams were kind of on the verge taking control of this thing. They were up seven, nothing. And I thought Joe Burrow looked a little shaky in the early stages. They, they went for it on a fourth and one near midfield on their first drive. And Burrow threw an incompletion. He had T. Higgins open on that play. I thought he made a bad read on that play. The next series, the Bengals' second series, Burrow missed Chris Evans. Oh, he was open on a wheel route. Could have been a touchdown. On their third series at 7 nothing. Burrow hit Jamar Chase deep. And even though the Bengals settled for a field goal on that drive, I felt like that kind of settled them into the game. The Rams scored another touchdown to go up. 13 to three, but the Bengals matched that to cut it to 13, 10 heading to the locker room. But I think that early se- that early series, especially the big play to chase, it kind of settled Burrow into the game. And I always worry, especially in a big game, you fall behind a couple s- scores. Things can snowball on you very quickly. You maybe get guys who begin to press a little bit. They try and do too much. You maybe have coaching, a coaching staff panic a little bit. Maybe they abandon the game plan that they've worked on for so long. I think just that field goal kind of settled the Bengals into the game. But I think an even more important sequence, and it's more important because the Rams won the game. If the Bengals had won, I, I would be looking back at that as one of the key sequences of the game. But perhaps a more important sequence came early in the second half because Bengals came out at halftime and scored on the first play. And it was a long touchdown pass down the left sideline from Burrow to T. Higgins, a play that should have been called a penalty. And there was some shaky officiating in this game throughout um, there was an interception, right? I talked about the interception where Staff, Stafford threw when the Bengals only rushed three. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this, but Vernon Hargreaves, who was not active for the Bengals, ran on the field and got called for a non-sportsmanlike conduct penalty. I felt like that was one they should have maybe given a warning and looked the other way. That kind of set the Bengals back. They were trying to put together a drive right before the half down 13 to 10. And they had to begin on their own 10-yard line. I, I did not like that call. And a lot of people – I'm not defending Hargreaves. He should not have done what he did. But did that flag need to be thrown? I don't think so. Then in the second half, the first play of the second half, Burrow hits Higgins for this touchdown. He's clearly grabbing onto Jalen Ramsey's face mask. I mean, 
that should have been that was just a missed call. The NFL would agree with you that was a missed call, but the Bengals went ahead. They had the lead. And then on the next series, Matthew Stafford threw an interception that wasn't really his fault. Again, kind of hit the guy in the hands, kind of went right to a Bengals defender. But Bengals were in business right there. And they again, they had all the momentum. And I talked about this on the Friday preview show, how the Super Bowl is different than other games because the halftime is so much longer. You have the, the big halftime show. Halftime lasts a really long time. So there's not really momentum from one half to another in a Super Bowl. In a Super Bowl, you're kind of like beginning a new game. You know, Even if you're feeling really good about the way you were playing heading to the locker room, you have a very long break. So I think it was kind of a tricky spot for the Rams. And the Bengals came out and were on fire. I mean, they had a touchdown pass. They had an interception. So now they're up 17-13. And they're on the verge. They're in, they're in business. You know, they're, They've got the ball deep in Rams territory. They score a touchdown there. Now they've got all the momentum. And now you may get into a situation where the Rams are starting to press, where they're in a bit of trouble. You know, maybe McVay abandons his game plan. And it's going to be tough for the Rams anyway, because Rams could not run the ball in this game. Give the Bengals a lot of credit for their run defense. If the Bengals had held on to this win, that would have been the story of the game. The Bengals run defense because they were not committing extra safeties to the box. They were playing their safeties deep. If you can't run against light boxes, you're going to have trouble as an offense. But the Rams got a key stop here. And the big play was Aaron Donald. He got a sack on Joe Burrow on third down that forced a field goal. It kept it to a one-score game, and I feel like it kind of helped the Rams to settle down because, again, the Bengals get a touchdown there. I feel like this game may snowball on them. I feel like this, this could get out of control. I, I think that that Donald sack was huge. And it was funny because early in the game, it felt like the Bengals' offensive line kind of kept Donald under control, and they kind of kept the Rams' pass rush under control. And... As the game went on, it felt like the Rams' defensive line began to heat up. Of course, it culminated in that sequence at the end of the game where Donald made the two plays to end it. But as much as those two plays will be remembered, that sack early in the third quarter that forced the Bengals to settle for a field goal, I think that settled the Rams down as much as anything. And if the Bengals get a touchdown there, I'm going to say it. I think the Bengals win the game. I think that that may have been the biggest sequence in the game. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll conclude our Super Bowl recap. And I'm going to talk about the winning quarterback and his journey to the championship. That's ahead here on this Monday episode of Lockdown Jets. Well, obviously, the football season is over, but Bet Online still has you covered because basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Monday. We're not talking about the Jets today, though. This is a daily podcast. We cover the New York Jets. There's new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. But today, I think we got to talk about the Super Bowl. The biggest game on the NFL calendar, and the Rams won their first championship since 1999. And their first championship in the city of L.A. The Rams won the, the Super Bowl in 99 when they were the St. Louis Rams. They defeated the Cincinnati Bengals last night, 23-20. to and I think one of the big storylines from this game, obviously, is Matthew Stafford finally winning the Super Bowl and hopefully getting the credit he deserves. I've always been a Matthew Stafford fan going back to his days with Detroit. I never thought it was his fault that they were losing. They seldom put a 
a good defense around him. He got a lot of the blame, though. That's the way it is at the quarterback position. I've mentioned this before on the show, but I'm going to say it again because I think it bears repeating. And he was key on that drive. He came out and played efficiently early on. A couple interceptions in the middle stages of the game, but put together the the game-winning drive the Rams needed. Matthew Stafford kind of simultaneously shows you how important the quarterback position is and how limited of an impact the quarterback can have. What do I mean by that? Well, look at what happened to Detroit. The team never really won, and it was never really Matthew Stafford's fault. Matthew Stafford always played at a, I'd say, like a top 10 level. You know, he was never in the, the Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes class, but he was always a top on the outskirts of the top 10. He was maybe the bottom half of the top 10, but he was always really good. He, he was never the reason they lost games. But there was only so much he could do. He did not have a good enough team around him. He had some good offensive pieces, but the defense, they had a couple of good defenses, but for the most part, it was a struggle there. On the other hand, I think it's pretty clear the Rams don't win the Super Bowl without him. If Jared Goff is still the Rams quarterback, and I do think on some levels, maybe people undersell how good Goff is, because I think like Goff is like a you know, maybe a bottom tier starter, which has more value than people realize. But if Jared Goff's still the Rams starter, I don't think they win the Super Bowl. I mean, Matthew Stafford's a difference maker out there. So I think it's it's an interesting case because you kind of see both that the st- quarterback for your team is really important. If you don't have top-level quarterback play, it's very difficult to win in this league. But you also see that top-level quarterback play alone is not enough. You need to have quality pieces around him. You need to have guys like Cooper Cup on the defensive side of the ball. You need to have Aaron Donald. I mean, you know what's interesting about the Rams is the Rams are viewed as a team that doesn't really build through the draft because they've made a lot of trades to bring in impact players like Jalen Ramsey, who had a really rough game last night. Even with the play that should have been a penalty against T. Higgins, he had a rough night. Jamar Chase beat him a few times. But the Rams have also drafted a lot. Rams are one of the best drafting teams in the NFL and have been for the last few years. They drafted a lot of solid starters. Now, they haven't really picked in the first round much, but if you look at their body of work in the later rounds, two, three, four, even a little bit beyond, they've done a great job and they've kind of supplemented the talent around the quarterback that they ha- that they acquired, Matthew Stafford. They built a really solid defense. I mean, this defense underachieved for part of the year, but there are plenty of good players on it. And on the offense, they've built a really solid nucleus around Matthew Stafford. And when you add in a top flight quarterback like a Matthew Stafford to that situation, that's how you win a Super Bowl. Unless you need some luck along the way, you need guys to execute in key spots. I mean, that game could have gone either way last night. The Bengals played well enough to win. I think, you know, a few plays here, maybe a few lucky bounces of the ball. And we're talking about the Bengals as the world champions. But that's not what happened. And the Rams won the world championship. Matthew Stafford gets his first title. Sean McVay gets his first title. And now we can officially look to the offseason because now the NFL NFL season has been over for a couple weeks for the Jets and Jets fans and most of the fans in the league. But now we can really look to the offseason because now every team has finished playing. Everybody's looking ahead to free agency and the draft and the beginning of the new league year. And that will be our focus going forward here on this show. And thank you for listening and thank you for watching today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you like what you hear or see, subscribe to this podcast. You'll never miss an episode. Also give it a five-star review if you're listening on a podcast source. Or give this episode a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube since it will help other Jets fans find this channel. Hope you have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk more Jets.